1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. Today we're going to be talking about 2020 summer money updates. I had a very interesting thing happen to me last week. I had somebody who works in the office uh, occasionally, he's a part-time financial producer, and he had a text message on his cell phone, and he came in and asked me to read it. And it was uh, basically a scam. And it started out saying, Hi, Tony. I just wanted to let you know that I was very lucky enough to get a $350,000 grant from the federal government, and there was no cost for it, and I didn't really have to apply much for it. And the only fee I had to pay was a $3,600 insurance payment. And I really encourage you to tell Ray about this program because he might want to check into it and look into it as well. Then it gave the name of the guy and signed... Uh, or it said, I've dealt with this person, and he is really a very honest person, and you should talk to him. And so my friend Tony sat down with me and showed this to me, and I said, the government doesn't normally just give out money for nothing. You normally have to go and apply for things, or even if it's a grant, you have to supply a lot of information. So I I pulled out my computer, and I, I looked at this, and there was a website, and it talked about grants and it had a list of probably 300 things you could apply for a grant for Mm -hmm. and basically I said to Tony did you talk to the person who sent this to you who used your personal name and then used my name on the text message I said did you give him a call and ask him did he actually send this to you and did he actually receive this money He said, no, I called and left a message, but I haven't been able to reach him yet. (laughs) I said, okay, let me try to call him. Don't respond to this text or do anything to it. So the next thing I did is I made a call, and uh, about an hour later, I got a call back from this other gentleman. And I said, by any chance did you happen to get a grant from the federal government for $350,000? And he said, no, what are you talking about? And I said, well, in our mutual friend Tony's Uh, text message, it said that he got a message from you and you had received a grant from the federal government for $350,000 and it only cost you $3,600 to pay for an insurance fee. He said, no. I said, I didn't get anything. I haven't applied for anything. Hmm. And I said, that's kind of what I figured. This is totally a scam. So I told my friend Tony later after I called him back and said, "Uh, it's strictly a scam don't apply to it. Somebody has already uh, hacked into your email account and possibly other people who are in your contact list, as I am, are going to be getting similar messages. Hmm. So you got to change your passwords. Um, I think it came in through Facebook, if I remember. I said, change your Facebook password. Hmm. I said, but this is strictly a scam. The government does not just give out money when you don't even apply for it. So don't ever think that it does. So first thing I'd like to do, the next thing I'd like to do very simply is to say good morning to Attorney Mike Coleman. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, That's a true story, by the way. This just happened a few days ago. Yeah, that's scary. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there trying to take advantage of what's going on now. Oh, without question. Um, There are IRS scams. We've talked about that in the past on this show. There are people who have received uh, emails saying, or even phone calls saying, uh, you owe money on one of your tax returns, and if you don't call back right away to this number, we're going to have to report you to the authorities, and you may be subject to arrest. I got one of those calls on my home telephone once uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, those are scams. You can report it to the police department as a starting point. But anyway, this uh, story that happened was very interesting and because whoever the scammer was used not only my friend Tony's uh, email and text account, but they also picked up from his contacts my name and talked as if they knew me. Hmm. Uh, 
So be cautious, be careful. The IRS has recently issued a warning about coronavirus-related scams. And the old message is really very simple and very true today. If it sounds too good to be true, it almost always is Mm -hmm. too good to be true, and it's not true. Mm -hmm. So I've had people come in the office before with a document they received in the mail saying that they were entitled to all this money, and all they had to do was to call this number and give the bank account information so money could be deposited into their account. Don't ever do that, folks. You'll find that whatever is in your bank account is going to be gone. But uh, retirees in particular are targeted for some of this coronavirus fraud. If you ever have any questions about it, give a call to attorney Mike Coleman. You can call him at 508-998-8800. Or you can call me, Ray Lance, at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858. And at least get a second opinion. Have somebody else take a look at the message or the the mail that you received. Uh, There's a scam a minute, and you hear about it every once in a while on the TV or the radio, but it's true. So the IRS reminds taxpayers that scammers sometimes say, we're calling about your stimulus check or your stimulus payment. Uh, That's the official term for the economic impact payment. And then the next thing they'll do is they'll ask the taxpayer to sign over their economic impact payment check to them. Sometimes they'll do it by phone or email or text or Facebook or something of that nature. Don't ever give anybody banking information over your Mm -hmm. telephone. Um, That's usually fraudulent. Report it to somebody. Uh, Report it to a partner, a spouse, a child. Um, Call our office. We'll be happy to help you with that. Make sure that uh, it's real or it's not real. Most of the time, it's not real. So, Mike, um, I know I've seen several instances of that, both with IRS and now we have this new one mm-hmm. for government grants. Yeah. You know, the other interesting thing is about a week ago, I went online, and you can go online the computer and put into Google uh, government grants, mm-hmm. and there's hundreds and hundreds of government grants that are available, but the, each one is related to a department, okay. like Department of Agriculture or something like that. And they'll tell you what monies are available, then you got to fill out applications and show you what the, you need the money for and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. But it's not easy. Right. And so it's a complicated process. It's not as easy as just sending someone your bank account information. Not that you should do that anyway, but... Yep. One of the other things that sometimes the scammers will do is they'll mail a, a phony check to you, maybe for some strange amount. Then they'll tell the taxpayer to call a number to verify information online Hmm. in order to cash this check. Hmm. So what do you do? You go online, you say, here's my bank account information so I can now deposit this check into my account. (laughs) Guess what, folks? Uh, They've already now got your bank account information, and don't worry about cashing that check or depositing that check. They're going to clean out your bank account. Yep. So you got to be careful. Um, These are very difficult Financial times, obviously, and it's a time for people to be taken advantage of. So, um, Mike, um, you've heard about the unemployment bonus amounts that have been out there for folks. Yep, certainly have. There was a $1,200 stimulus check initially, and then I think there was a $600 per week additional unemployment benefit on top of whatever unemployment benefits people were receiving. Right. I think that's going to end fairly soon. Yeah, right now um, on the uh, stimulus check, which is a little bit different. Uh, I'm sorry, let's let's stick with the unemployment bonus check first. A lot of people are getting uh, their unemployment compensation, but they're also getting an extra $600 per week. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot in the news about that. And one of the important things is that a lot of people, because of this $600 bonus check, are making more money now than when they were working. Mm-hmm. So they collect unemployment, they get a $600 bonus check. And I think you can work part-time, too, um, without having that deducted from your actual yes. unemployment. You can do that. Well, this uh, $600 bonus check ends on July 31st. Mm-hmm. That's only a couple of weeks away. And it doesn't look like we're out of the woods yet in terms of this virus. So. No, I don't think we are by uh, any stretch of the imagination. I think we're going to be wearing masks and doing protective things for a good long time. And um, 
but the $600 unemployment bonus check does end on July 31st. So if you think you have a job to go back to, um, you better be checking with your employer and making sure that they're going to have a position for you to go back. Right. I talked to uh, another client this week um, who runs a restaurant, and he's allowed to be reopened right now, mm-hmm. but um, he can't reopen because several of his employees don't want to come back to work yet because they're getting this extra $600. Do you think he could find someone else to come and do do the job? Well, I mean, I know if, if they've been with him for a long time, maybe it would be hard to replace them, but... Yeah, but that's a real concern. Um, you know, maybe you're gambling by saying, well, I'm, I'm making more money now. I'm going to wait until the unemployment extra bonus ends. But you actually, you can't collect unemployment if you've been offered employment. So That's true. Um, that's If anyone's offered a job... That's a good point. And they're still collecting, they're not... They're committing fraud, basically, against... Yeah, not only that, but the employer could report them and say they're they're available to come back to work. Right. We have a position for them. And if um, that gets back to unemployment, they could be totally cut off from unemployment entirely. Yeah, Yeah, and they'd probably want the money back, I would think. Yep, and not have a job. Right. (laughs) Uh, So I think there's a bit of a gamble to be taken for people um, who are holding out as long as they can... But um, that's, you know, human nature. Yeah. And if this virus doesn't go away anytime soon, we've seen places that are reopening have huge spikes and the number of positive tests, I don't know about death rates, but the positive tests are spiking again in these places that are opening. If that happens in other places as well, who's to say we're not going to have to shut things down again like they're doing in California or... Florida, and then if that happens, are we going to be looking at another uh, stimulus package needed? So, well, um, and that's a possibility. So, the most important point to make here is that this $600 in extra weekly unemployment benefit will end the week of July 31st. Um, there are some proposals maybe to replace it with a return to work bonus, but government moves slowly, and the government has just been pouring out a lot of money. Right now, they're not expecting to have the $600 per week um, fully extended. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about the stages of going back to work and opening up again. Um, I've got somebody who's given me that information, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes also. Yeah. I know just um, recently, Massachusetts opened a number of business, businesses. I, I think it's stage three or stage four. I can't remember which stage it is, but we'll we're, talk about that in a minute. stage three. Yeah, stage three. So we're opening up again, but the scary thing in my mind is how much has changed. I mean, I know that the numbers here in Massachusetts are really good, but the virus hasn't gone anywhere, and we don't have a vaccine yet. So Now, as of two days ago, the national news was reporting that 32 out of the 50 states are reporting increases in numbers still. Yeah. Um, And they're now projecting that the death toll in the country is probably going to go above 200,000. Jeez. And one of the analogies I used before was talking about the Vietnam War, Mm -hmm. in which there were about 53,000 people killed. Mm -hmm. And so far we've had, what, 120, 130,000 people yeah. die from the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's not good. So um, we have four phases to reopen in Massachusetts, and uh, the first section of this was simply stay at home, essential businesses and services only. Mm-hmm. So the law firm and financial companies and medical companies and so forth have always been considered essential businesses and services, and we've been able to open up earlier. Yeah. We could have stayed open, but we didn't want to for our own employees. Uh, phase one was a what they call a start with limited industries resuming operations with some severe restrictions. Um, it, I'd like to get a little bit more detail on some of these, if I could, on what's allowed in those phases. I'll just mention that, um, okay, I've got, the, I've got that detail, good. Um, so phase one, which began in May, um, home remodeling, firearm retailers, that one always interested me. <laughs> they have a big lobby. 
They they have a big lobby. So yeah. if you wanted to defend yourself, and you could open up your gun store again. And and by the way, gun sales have been up dramatically in the country. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, um, construction was allowed to reopen. And um, home remodeling, in-home installations, uh, certain manufacturers, uh, places of worship. Mm-hmm. I know the church that I go to hasn't opened up yet. They have not. No, they're still no. doing um, Zoom calls and so forth. Yeah, you can they say one of the best ways to spread the virus is to be in a small group singing. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> a choir. Right. Uh, because they sing with energy and yep. enthusiasm, right? Yeah. So do you sing, Mike? I don't. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm safe. Um, phase uh, two, actually, uh, is what they call the cautious stage. And um, that was uh, uh, curbside pickups. And we're actually now in car washes, drive-in movie theaters. I don't think we've had an active one of those around here for a long time. No. There is one in Massachusetts. I don't remember where, though. Yeah, I know this went up in Route 146. Okay. So, but on May 25th, general offices could open up except in the city of Boston. Uh, that's the end of May. Lab spaces, libraries for curbside pickup and delivery only. Uh, they had to wait until phase three uh, for being open for browsing. But a lot of businesses are now allowed to be open again, including. Uh, theaters, restaurants, and so forth. But they're still being asked to do social distancing and so forth. We just began phase three uh, last week. Personal trainers, fitness centers, movie theaters, museums, aquariums, we don't have any of those here. Outside venues can mm-hmm. all be open. Yep. And, um, and then phase two is what they call new normal. And that's when they expect we'll have maybe vaccines that will be available to treat the coronavirus. And That's which phase? Phase four? Phase four. Phase four so okay. we're not in phase four yet. We're in phase three, which is called the vigilant phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still asking people to wear masks and all those kinds of things. Mm. And I think it only makes good sense. We still do have a state order uh, that if you go into any kind of a retail space, you're supposed to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And some businesses are enforcing it, some are not. Mm -hmm. So um, I know some of the employees in our office received a stimulus check. I know a lot of people didn't get a stimulus check. And often they'll ask the question of why didn't I get a stimulus check? You know, I know friends that have gotten a stimulus check. Well, first of all, if your adjusted gross income is too high, uh, you wouldn't have received it. Mm Mm-hmm. And they check on your income based upon either your 2018 or your 2019 tax return. Mm-hmm. They can also look at Social Security records. But um, the stimulus check that a lot of people got was $1,200 for an individual taxpayer, $2,400 for a married couple. And if they had children, they could get another $500 per child hmm. up to the age of age 17. But a lot of people didn't get it simply because their income was too high. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes people didn't have bank account information opened up. And maybe your previous tax return made you ineligible. Mm -hmm. There are ways that you can check into this. If you didn't get the stimulus check and you never knew why, um, you can go into the IRS website. And um, you've got to do this yourself. We can give you more information if you want. If you think that you might have been qualified for a stimulus check and you never got it, um, then there is a way you can check through the IRS. A college student or anybody else who's categorized as a dependent would not qualify for one of those checks. Mm -hmm. There was nothing to apply for. There was no application to fill out. It was an automatic thing that was sent to everybody in the country who qualified. Amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And um, sometimes people owed money, perhaps, to the federal government, and some of that money might have been used to pay the federal government back. But we've got articles on five reasons why you didn't get a stimulus check. And we've also got some very interesting information on um, 
again, if you think that you might have been eligible but you didn't get it, um, there's a way to look into it. And uh, IRS has created something called a non-filer tool, which is online, and it allows you to submit information. And if you go to the trouble to do that, what if you didn't file a tax return for two or three years? Well, maybe you can go back and file those tax returns, and that might entitle you to receive a stimulus check. Mm -hmm. So they do have a, a, a section on the IRS website. We're happy to give you that information as well. Uh, IRS.gov, and uh, they're fairly up-to-date on how to do that. You can do it yourself, or if you want more information, let us know, and we're happy to uh, help you with that process. And I know there are some situations where checks were actually sent to people who had passed away. I have one client whose father had died, and a stimulus check came in his name. So I think what the IRS has said is that they would like people to return those checks <laughs> if they have a check made out to a deceased you know, relative or family member. Well, it's... it's um it's not a small amount of money. No. It's uh, well over a billion dollars. So I was looking for my paper that has the information on it. Um, but they've estimated that more than one million dead people were sent to check. Jeez. Now, some of that's normal because nobody would necessarily know that someone has died. Right. But in other cases, if you got a check in the mail that came to somebody who's deceased, um, you're really not allowed to keep that check. No. And if you think I'm just going to put it in my account or if you've already done that, um, at some point in time, there will be federal matching, and they'll be able to check uh, death dates, dates of death, with people who receive checks. I don't know how much they're actually going to do of that. Do you well, think they're really going to enforce that? I mean, I think it's too much for them to do, to go after a million people. I suspect what they're going to do is... Um, well, it's it's well over a billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Okay. So. They'll probably hire an outside firm whose only job is to go in to collect stimulus money back from people who shouldn't have got it because they were dead. And how much is that going to cost? For oh, it'll cost. I mean, they'll do it on a, on a collection percentage yeah. basis. They'll probably be able to keep 30% of what they collect back. Right. <laughs> so would you like to get 30% of a billion dollars? Sure, I'd take that. <laughs> <laughs> would that be about $300 million, I guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there'll be outside private companies that will benefit from that. Probably somebody who's been a uh, contributor to a political campaign will get that contract. Yeah, I would think so. That's going to happen. Well, George Carlin once said, most people work hard enough not to get fired and get paid just enough money not to quit. <laughs> um, he was a great cynic in this country. But uh, nevertheless, I've always liked him and the things that he had to say. So uh, there is a way to check if you didn't get your stimulus payment, and uh, we've got several good articles on that. We can refer you specifically to the IRS website, and you may not have been eligible at all. Um, Mike, one of the things that's been in the news very recently, and I'm talking literally the last couple of days, is is there going to be a second stimulus check? Right. And... Uh, the economy in this country is still sputtering. Um, a lot of businesses haven't reopened. A lot of them will not ever open again. Mm -hmm. And so there's some speculation that maybe sometime this summer Congress will give a se second stimulus check. But now it becomes very political. Um, so the House of Representatives in Congress... Uh, has been playing with legislation, passing legislation to allow that. Uh, in the Senate, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said very recently that there may be a new stimulus package, but they don't know. There's been amounts proposed anywhere from $1,200 to $2,000 a month wow. for a six-month period. So... It's huge money, and the question is, is it likely the government will really do that? We're going to keep tabs on this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If we have more information to actually report, we will. I think um, a lot of that depends on how well we do with this recovery. You know, California tried to open up, and now they're shutting back down. Mm -hmm. So it's it yeah. all depends on how well we can get back to work and get people working again. Sure. 
in uh, <clears throat> Florida, Texas, Arizona has now mm-hmm. got the largest increase in the country. Yep. I think North Carolina is not doing too well. I have a friend who is a PA down in North Carolina, so I should see how he's doing down there. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's absolutely true. Um, it's Money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. Mm. That was Ayn Rand. Hmm. Uh, she was an unusual writer. Yeah. And, um, but uh, she had an unusual outlook on uh, economic life as well. Mm-hmm. But we have to think about money all the time. We have to think about saving money. Um, we've talked a lot in the show in the past about the PPP program for business people. Yep. Um, that deadline was uh, the end of June, June 30th. It was extended until August 8th. So if you are a business person, and you've had to have employees out of the office or out of your your operation, and you did not apply for PPP money, you can still do that. That is done directly with a banking institution. Mm -hmm. So for example, we did that, we did it through our local bank, Bay Coast. Um, You can go online and find out which banks are willing to process PPP loans if you don't have have an account there then you need to get in touch with a bank and open up a bank account and Mm -hmm. then apply the application is online but it's submitted to the banking institution they in turn go through the application which is only a couple of pages long Mm -hmm. you're self-certifying your income the bank doesn't double check to see what your gross income has been for your business Mm -hmm. and the bank just makes sure all the blanks are filled out and they send it in and literally within 24 to 48 hours, you could have money deposited into your account. Mm. It's supposed to be used primarily for um, bringing employees back and keeping them on the payroll. Mm-hmm. And about 75% of that money can be forgiven as not being a loan, but just a grant Okay. if it's used for that purpose. So I, I encourage anybody, if you are in business for yourself and you haven't done this, you should look into it, and you still have a couple more weeks you could do that. Yeah. I know the banks were pretty overwhelmed when this all started, um, but I'm sure they're more able to handle things now. Right. And the other think. program that people should investigate, Mike, is the uh, Economic Injury uh, Development Loan, EIDL. That is a loan that is not a forgivable amount of money. You can borrow money, and you have to pay it back. And that's done directly through the SBA. That's not done through your local bank. Hmm. Um, the money, if it's approved, is deposited into your local bank account. But uh, you apply directly online with the SBA for that program. Okay. And we get a lot more information if, if anybody is uh, looking for help in that area. So um, basically, there is a lot of government help available because we really haven't recovered the way we need to recover. Um, Some of these programs are being extended. There is interest on the part of not only Congress, but the president as well, Mm -hmm. to pump more money into the economy, uh, to get people back to work, to get the businesses back open again. And a lot of them still haven't opened up. And a lot of them never will. so even though it's a presidential election year, mm-hmm. um, there's interest on the part of everybody from the president on down to try to do something to try to uh, jumpstart and boost the economy. Right. Um, ben Franklin once said, if you would be wealthy, think of saving as well as getting. Hmm. So I wonder how many people who might have received a stimulus check for, say, $1,200 or, or more uh, if you're married I wonder how many people have done something to use that money to pay down debt Mm -hmm. or to put money aside for savings for another time or whether they've just gone out to buy things that they didn't really need. (laughs) Well, I mean, a lot of people were out of work, so they didn't have any income coming in. I mean, they did have the unemployment, so that helped. But I'm sure a lot of people had to use that money for rent or for mortgage payments Mm -hmm. or, you know. And I guess you could think about it another way, too. If you get the money which is labeled part of a stimulus program, and you're going out and spending and buying something, 
you're doing your part to help stimulate the yeah, economy. Yeah, that's true. And we like to do that here with restaurants and <laughs> takeouts. We do that multiple times a week, every week. But we do it in part because we want you know, to support these businesses that we like and that we want to have stay around. Yep. Yeah. Well, money is an important thing. Money is a necessary commodity. You can't pay your rent without it. You can't pay your mortgage without it. And a lot of those programs are going to end also for the rent forbearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that recently on the radio. So I know evictions are a huge, going to be a huge thing coming up in the future. A lot of people are not paying rent for one reason or another. Either they can't pay it because they don't have the money, or they're just taking advantage of the fact that they can't get evicted at the moment. Well, I was pretty impressed when I read an article in The Globe a few weeks ago, just a couple of weeks ago, that said they're expecting when the eviction moratorium ends soon, uh, it's in August, um, that they expect to see uh, 20,000 evictions filed in housing court. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. Wow. But then I just read recently that there may be as many as 200,000 evictions Jeez. in Massachusetts. Wow. That's scary. But again, it's it's people that can't pay their rent in a lot of cases. So I'm sure the court is going to have to take into account, you know, the circumstances of each case, which is going to make things even more complicated. But Well, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is either, um, because as we said, and we won't go into this in a lot of detail now, but if the tenants can't pay the rent and there's a rent moratorium so they don't have to pay the rent for a while, and they haven't been putting the money aside to catch up and pay the rent, mm-hmm. what does the landlord do? He can't pay the taxes. He can't fix the plumbing if it goes. Can't you pay know, the mortgage. Can't pay the mortgage. Yeah. So it's 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 not an easy problem to solve. Right. Um, I'd like to mention once again that we're coming up as this show is being broadcast um, on the uh, extended federal deadline to file your income tax returns. Mm-hmm. And Massachusetts did follow suit. So that's July 15th. So on July 15th, uh, your tax returns need to be filed. And um, if you can't pay it because you owe money, or if you haven't had the time to get it prepared, Mm -hmm. you could request a further extension. I don't recall. I don't prepare taxes here, but I don't remember what the extension is. But I think it's like a 60-day period you've got to extend. So you can always extend, but if you know that you've got the material to file, you should try to file by July 15th. And um, if not, then do the extension. And by the way, if you file and you owe money, there are many, many options all the time. You can go into the IRS website. They've got a whole schedule, uh, a whole section on scheduling and electronically paying federal taxes and how to do it. And... um, you can schedule a payment if you can't make it right away. You can work out a payment option to pay it out over time. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing to do is if you have all the information and you think you're going to have to pay money, don't just not file a return. Right. At a minimum, file for an extension. Mm-hmm. So if you do need to file um, for an extension, there's a federal form. On, you can get it on the irs.gov website. It's called 4868. Um, you can get it. Uh, directly off the IRS website, or you can ask whoever prepares your tax return to do it. And um, if you pay estimated taxes, they're also due on July 15th. So I guess the extension would be an extension of time to file, but you still have to pay your taxes on. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike, because even if you get the extension of time or file for the extension of time to file your return, Mm -hmm. If you know that you owe taxes, you should pay the taxes by that July 15th date. Right, okay. Otherwise, you'll have some um, interest and penalty to pay later. Um, Thomas Jefferson once said, never spend your money before you have earned it. Hmm. Um, That should have been written into the Constitution, I think. (laughs) There were no credit cards back then, were there? No, they didn't have credit cards. That's true. (laughs) Um, But... um, We've got a lot of good tax information. Give um, me a call at 508-998-8858. If you have a legal question related to any of this, um, give Mike a call at 508-998-8800. There are other programs. There are other taxes, um, especially if you're in business. 
Um, there are a lot of benefits this year in terms of credits that are going to be available to business. Mm -hmm. Don't overlook them. If you don't have a tax preparer that you work with, um, we're not going to prepare your income tax for you because we don't do that piece of business, but we'll be happy to refer you to somebody who could help you. And around mid-August, we're going to be doing a special program on just how businesses can qualify for these unique tax credits. Hmm. Uh, and by the way, Mike, I just came across this Washington Post article about wow. more than a million dead people received stimulus checks. Hmm. And the total, by the way, is $1.4 billion. Jeez. That's a fair amount of money for yeah, the Treasury is. to try <laughs> to recover. It is. And... Um, <clears throat> Basically, uh, all these stimulus checks went to people earning less than $99,000. So again, if you didn't get your stimulus check and you think you don't know why, and maybe you're behind in tax returns, they don't have your information, give us a call. We'll tell you the guidelines or give you some documents that will help you do that. Mm -hmm. So Mike, um, what are you telling people about preparing for protecting their family? I just met with a gentleman. Um, one day ago, two days ago, who is worth a fair amount of money, has real estate, has a lot mm -hmm. of money in the bank, yep. um, is either divorced or widowed, I'm not sure yet, mm -hmm. and has a daughter. Yep. This is a man who's in his 60s mm -hmm. and found out that he has no will, no trust, no anything. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but recently he told me that um, he was interested in trying to protect his assets in case he ever had to go into a nursing home. Mm -hmm. Now, he's 68 years old thinking about this. Yeah. Um, this is not a law school question, by the way. <laughs> it's just a statement of fact. Okay. This is a true story. Yeah. And um, he recently, within the last year, had both of his parents die. And prior mm -hmm. to that, they had both ended up in the nursing home. Wow. And they were going through something like uh, $25,000 or $30,000 a month. Yeah for the two parents. It goes quickly. So it burned right through all of their resources. So when I see somebody like that, I say the first thing you need to do is to make an appointment to sit down with Tenny, yep. Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman, yeah. and get your estate plan done. Mm -hmm. So Unfortunately, a lot of times what happens is that you know a person who sees their parents go through stuff like that will want to do planning. Right. You know, But unfortunately, the parents didn't do any planning. Um, they figured everything would be okay. They would never go to a nursing home, and you know everything would just pass on smoothly. But that's not what happens. So, no. And if you wait too long, then often it's just simply uh, too late entirely. Yeah. I had a woman come in because she was in the hospital with coronavirus, and she was very sick and almost on a ventilator. And she was sitting there and thinking that she had no will. She had no you know, documents in place, and that's why she came in to see me, because she wanted to get something put together. Mm -hmm. So it, It's amazing what it takes sometimes to have people think about, maybe I need to do some planning. Yeah, yeah. You know, they get sick, or somebody in their family dies, or somebody in their family goes to a nursing home mm -hmm. and spends a ridiculous amount of money in the nursing home as a private pay patient. Right. And the costs are twelve to $15,000 a month right. for a nursing home cost, ladies and gentlemen. So we tell people that, you know, depending on what the assets are, you should think about having a will, certainly. Um, many times a trust would be a better thing to have to put bank accounts or real estate into a trust. And then if you want to talk about protecting assets from the nursing home, that's another separate discussion. But we sit down with people and we have a consultation to look at all their assets and find out what their goals are and, you know, how old they are and you know, what their kids are like and all of those different issues. And then we talk about what kind of plan they should have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the past when I've met people like that, I've always said, look, you ought to have at least a will and a durable power of attorney and a health care yeah. proxy. Yeah. So somebody can help you and manage for you if you can't do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it can save a lot of money for your family. Um, but I've I've pretty much in the past told people that if the value of the equity in your house and everything else that you own, your bank account, your life insurance, your retirement accounts, if the value of that is roughly $250,000 or more, you ought to be doing more than a simple will. You should be doing a trust. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I know you have a chart that shows the differences between wills and trusts. We right? do, yeah. We have one of those. That anyone who listening who wants one, we could get one to you. Yeah, I know you've given a lot of those out. I also know you're sending out a mailer pretty soon, and I had a chance to take a quick look at it. And on the back of that, you've got that chart printed as well, which mm-hmm. I thought was a good idea. Absolutely. But nevertheless, you know, having said these things, people just wait until the last minute. Mm-hmm. It's um, not something people want to do, sit down and talk about what happens when they die. No. But <laughs> it's going to happen. Unfortunately, so you want you want things to be yep. done for the people that you love. So you want to enjoy your life as much as you can. And um, Mike and I have both had fathers who passed away at fairly young ages. In fact, I think my dad, I believe, passed away at the same age that your dad did. Yeah. Uh, my dad was 73 when he yep. died. Yeah, same age. And um, he went through cancer and suffering and everything else so it does happen it's just for the most part we don't know how it happens and you want to get prepared while you can um, attorney Tenny Lance has a brother who lives in North Carolina and he's got a wife with really serious dementia mm-hmm. she ought to be in a nursing home now Yeah. and I have another family member who has a husband who's going through serious dementia and, and about Ten days ago, he took off early evening, went walking, and yeah. ended up three towns further away from his house. Jeez. And um, the police picked him up and brought him in, and then they were able to get him returned home. But mm-hmm. he didn't know what he was doing. He was just no. out walking. Yeah. And his wife, my relative, has a uh, psychiatric consultation. Um, I think it's next week, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And until they get through that, they can't even begin to get somebody certified as being eligible for a nursing home. Jeez. And then you've got all these tough issues today. What's going to happen if they get into a nursing home? Are they going to be yeah. safe there? Won't be able to see them, I don't think. And then are they going to be exposed <clears throat> to COVID-19? Mm-hmm. And then you got to ask, well, how do they pay for this? Are they going to mm-hmm. be eligible for Medicaid benefits? Right. So uh, Tenny does a lot of work in Medicaid planning, but... Planning for your family, planning to get uh, somebody who's in danger of harming themselves or harming a family member who ought to be in a nursing home, these are really complicated things to do. Mm -hmm. And they involve money. They involve spending a lot of money for people. So you don't want to wait until the last minute. You need to get things prepared. And Um, there are things that can be done at the last minute. So if someone is going into a nursing home or you think they're going to be going into a nursing home soon... You should don't just assume that you have to pay all of your money to the nursing home. I mean, that may be the case, but there are things that can be done at the last minute to mm-hmm. try and save some assets. Yeah, you can take money, for example, and put it into an income annuity, which we do mm-hmm. at USA Wealth Group. Yeah. And you can do it as an income payout for the spouse who's going to be at home, mm-hmm. and they get to keep that money as an income source. Right. Um, there may be something to do with the house if there's a caretaker child involved or if yep that's a really good one yeah so if you have an adult child living with you in your house helping to take care of you right um that's considered i guess there's some time period involved and yeah there's a number of years that medical certifications but if you if you do the trouble to take the trouble to do that then the family could end up having the house deeded over to that caretaker uh living in the house child right and you can preserve the family home. Right. So it's worth having a consultation, even if someone is going into the nursing home, you know, in the near future, and it's not necessarily an asset protection thing, but it could be. So it's worth having a consultation with Tenny. You know, she sure. can certainly help. Yeah, and it's not only taking care of the person who may have to be in the nursing home, but it's how do you pay for it? Mm-hmm. How can you use government programs to pay for it? How can you preserve as much of the asset available to take care of the spouse who is at home? Right. And how can you leave as much of a legacy as possible to the children? Mm-hmm. It's a complicated subject, ladies and gentlemen, but um, it's estimated that 50 to 60 percent of everybody over the age of 65 in this country is going to spend some time in a nursing home. Mm. The statistics are very high. Mm. Uh, give Mike a call, yeah. 508 998 8800, give Tenny a call, same number. Uh, That's what Lance Law, Inc. does, helping people make sure they have the right documents in place. 
So um, lots of good stuff, Mike. Um, we do the same thing on the financial side. We show people how to position assets so they don't lose principal. Mm -hmm. uh, they can still make money even in these tough times. Even if your accounts are down low right now, we can show you how to retrieve some of that by putting the money into a different source. By the way, I think we have some webinars on our website. Yes. Yeah. What's your website? It's lancelawinc.com. Okay. So you can go on there, and I think Tenny has a webinar about um, Medicaid and nursing homes, so that's something you could watch to learn a little bit. I did one on wills and trusts and different kinds of legal documents. So if you go onto the website, you can actually watch those webinars and learn a, a little bit more and then maybe make a consultation to come into the office. Well, Thomas Jefferson once said, never spend your money before you have earned it. I've mentioned that before mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, for thousands of years, people have talked about money. Money is a very important thing. What you do, and more importantly, what you don't do, makes a big difference in terms of whether you get to keep money or keep money for your family mm -hmm. or not. Uh, you got a plan. It's just that simple. We have a lot of information on the uh, CARES Act also, and it hasn't really been relevant yet, but it will be relevant around the end of the year, as we get closer to the end of the year, mm -hmm. that business owners who put um, automobiles into their business and uh, new equipment into their business and things of that nature are going to benefit greatly from some very particular tax credits that are going to be uh, usable on their 2020 tax return when they file that next year. And a lot of this is covered under the CARES Act. Mm -hmm. And again, we've got a lot of information on that. We'd be happy to share if anybody would like it. And um, money is good for nothing unless you know the value of it by experience. Mm -hmm. P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Um, Lots, lots and lots of good quotations about money. It's a Polish proverb for all of you Polish-speaking or Polish-generation folks out there. When I had money, everybody called me brother. <laughs> have you ever seen that kind of a situation before? <laughs> when you have money, you're a friend to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, Benjamin Harrison once said, I pity that man who wants a coat so cheap that the man or woman who produces the cloth shall starve in the process. Mm. Sort of a more sobering kind of uh, expression to use. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's always a mystery to me um, why people in general wait until some shock event happens in their family before right. they think, gee, this is really coming close. Maybe I need to plan. Right. Maybe I need to do something. Right. And by the way, we do right now with everything that's going on, we're doing – telephone conferences and Zoom video conferences. And so if you're not comfortable coming into the office at the moment with the virus, then we can figure out some other way to meet. Yeah, it's easy to do a, um, a, a video conference on Zoom yep. where um, you simply provide your uh, information for your computer and mm -hmm. um, an email will get sent out from the office here. Yep. And all you do is pick up that email and click on it and look at uh, the person you're talking to here on your own computer screen. Right. Yeah, we've done that quite a few times. I'm probably involved in, I don't know, six or eight different Zoom conferences every single week right now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm never surprised anymore, but I'm constantly amazed when I see people who have accumulated assets, whether it's large amounts or small amounts, and simply haven't done planning. Right. Yeah. I think the problem is they don't know what they need. Um, that's why it's important to meet with someone that can tell you, at least give you the options. Our consultations are free. Yep. So if you want to meet with us, there's no charge for that. We can tell you what you should do and whether or not you decide to do it is up to you. But at least you can get an opinion of what should be done. Well, and I, I like the fact that you can make an appointment with Mike or with Tenny and simply talk on the telephone for a while and mm -hmm. say, um, I don't have any documents. What would you recommend I need? And you might ask a few questions like, well, do you own your house or do you rent? Um, and um, also, uh, what's the approximate value of your assets so yeah. we can talk to you about whether you should do a simple will or do a living trust instead. Right. We have forms for everyone to fill out that lists all the assets and what the values are 
Um, so, and the reason we ask that is not because we're nosy. We need to have an idea of what the size of the estate is for lots of different reasons. Yeah, and what to recommend in terms of appropriate documents. Yeah. So this other gentleman that I just had in my office a couple of days ago, um, he's with his friend who's already a client, who has some fairly significant assets. And her concern was, what if I go to a nursing home? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you've got a lot of assets that are in retirement accounts, and you can't put those assets into a trust because mm-hmm. it triggers income if you do. And so I said you could buy long-term care insurance at your age is probably going to cost you five or $6,000 a year. Or you could take out a life insurance policy for maybe $300,000, and you could put get a policy that has what's called a living benefit rider, mm-hmm. which is a nursing home rider. Yeah. So if she takes out a $300,000 policy, for example, and has to go to a nursing home, she can activate the policy, and they'll pull up to $300,000 out of the policy to mm-hmm. pay for it. Hmm. If she doesn't go to a nursing home, she's got a $300,000 death benefit, so yeah. she hasn't lost anything. That's nice. That's a great idea. And that way it doesn't touch her other IRA assets. Well... Mike, I'd like to thank you for your words of wisdom today, and um, I'd like to thank you for everything you do in the community. Thank you. And for helping people being on the show. We like to teach. We like to explain things to people, but most importantly, it, it really gives satisfaction to everybody who works in our office to know that we're helping to protect people. Mm hmm. And we've had that conversation before at staff meetings that we do typically once a week. We are a business that's here to make money, obviously, and keep our own employees paid. Mm-hmm. But the real reason we're here is to help take care of people and help protect people. Right. So take some action. Give a call to Mike at 508-998-8800. Give a call to us if we can help you with your retirement accounts, retirement planning, income planning. Call USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. But for gosh sakes, just do something. Yeah. Life marches on. Um, you never know when things may happen to you or somebody in your family. And nothing's more important than protecting your family and protecting what you've earned. Mm-hmm. So we'll begin um, next week. Again, we're going to be talking um, about some things that the Chamber of Commerce can offer you and some other things. We really enjoy being with you. Uh, We put a lot of thought and preparation into what we do. And uh, let us know how we can help you. Give us a call. And thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week on the radio.